Welcome to Pints and Pelvic Floors, a podcast designed to normalize the discussion around all things pee, poop, sex, and more. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Noble, owner of Pelvic Pride Physical Therapy and Wellness, an LGBTQ-owned transgender safe space and clinic for all. Grab a pint and come as you are as we uncover the myths around our genitals and destigmatize normal body functions, as well as normalize asking for help. So raise your glass because it's a beautiful day to save pelvic floors. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Pints and Pelvic Floors. I hope you enjoyed that last episode on our clinical ethos. So similar to the last intro, we are not going to do a beer of the week today because I am um, currently recording some stuff in the clinic on a Tuesday morning. So it's just not time for a beer. Um, I mean, I guess we could do like if it were five o'clock on a Friday and I was grabbing a beer, what would I want? Hmm. Honestly, it's almost time for pumpkin and pumpkin will definitely make a, a it's uh, debut soon on the podcast, but that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to a pumpkin by Southern tier. Um, they're delicious. It's a, it's like the only pumpkin beer I like, although there is another one, um, actually that our admin Sam's husband, Graham introduced me to, I think it's called Warlock. It's also by Southern tier, but it's like the stout version of the pumpkin beer and it's really good. Um, so maybe those two will have to make an appearance together, probably closer to like, I want to say closer to October, but if we're being honest, it's going to be September anyway. So that's, what's coming up as far as beer. So if I had to choose one today, that would be my beer of choice. As I talk to you about tight versus weak pelvic floors. Um, so a lot of times patients come into the clinic and they are like, my pelvic floor is really weak. And what they mean or what they're, you know, because when I ask like, why do you say that? What is it you mean by saying my pelvic floor is weak? And like, well, I have leakage. Um, I have frequency. I'm going all the time. I need to strengthen my pelvic floor. And so it's interesting. A lot of times when that's the sensation patients have, it's not because they have a weak pelvic floor. It's actually because they have a tight pelvic floor. We'll go into this later, probably honestly, next episode on what's the deal with Kegels. Um, but many of my patients come in saying, I've tried Kegels. They didn't work for me, or I was told to do Kegels and they didn't really change my symptoms or they even made my issues worse. And that's because they don't have a weak pelvic floor. They don't need strengthening of those muscles or tightening of those muscles. They need them to loosen, lengthen, and then re-coordinate and improve how they are working. So when patients come in thinking they have weak, many times they actually have tight. So how do we know that the pelvic floor muscle is tight? Well, we do an assessment, we find out, but there's some other things that start to clue me in on when our patients probably have a tight pelvic floor, even if they think they have a weak one. And this is things like, um, maybe they're having discomfort with a pelvic exam, having, um, their annual examination is really challenging or things like managing their, their periods. So using a tampon or like a menstrual cup, putting that in is hard. Uh, maybe it feels like they're hitting a wall when they're trying to place it in, or they just can't get it to, um, stay. The muscles want to push it back out. Maybe they're having some constipation. A lot of times our patients with tight pelvic floor, um, aren't relaxing enough and not letting things come out. And so the stool's not actually fully voiding. And so that can be a problem. Um, maybe they're not fully emptying their bladder. So then they're getting a lot of bladder urgency, bladder frequency. They're going frequently because they need to get the rest out. 
they can't because the muscles just won't let go. They also tell me things like they sit on the toilet and it takes them a little bit for the urine to start flowing. And to me, that's because those muscles are guarded and tense and holding on for dear life and they just won't let go. So the urine can come out. Um, sometimes patients will like give a cough or they'll lean forward or they'll push a little bit. And so we want to train them on, um, maybe not pushing or straining, but I like the cough idea, something to kind of get the muscles to relax, um, a little more naturally. So that cough should ideally engage what we call a knack or a quick contraction and then a relaxation. Um, our patients that have tight pelvic floors also come in complaining of things like painful sex, painful intimacy. Um, you know, maybe this is, um, penis and vagina penetration. Maybe it's finger penetration. Maybe it's, um, a toy going inside. Maybe it's anal penetration, whatever it is. If they come in with any kind of pain, um, with intimacy that tends to make me think we're going towards the tight pelvic floor side. Um, and then they're also going to have issues like they think they have chronic UTIs and they're coming in. I've had UTIs my whole life, or I take antibiotics and it works at first, but it comes back. Or, um, I have issues where I just am peeing constantly. So I'm wiping all the time. So I think I have a UTI. And so those also are signs to me that their pelvic muscles are probably more tight, shortened, engaged rather than weak and lengthened and not coordinated. And so what happens with these muscles? Some of the ways I describe this to my patients is, um, sometimes our muscles, when they're compensating for something, they start to guard or squeeze and contract. And by doing that, they're holding and holding and holding all day long. And then we put a stress on them, like a cough or a sneeze. And then that's when we get that leakage. And so we think, and it makes sense to think if I'm leaking urine, I'm weak, my muscles aren't strong enough. But what I explain, I'm like, if I gave you a 10 pound dumbbell when you first walked into this clinic and I asked you to hold it and just keep holding it and keep holding it. And then at the end of our conversation, so maybe 25 minutes later, I take that dumbbell away from you and then give you a heavier one, or maybe even a, just a different one, um, equal weight or lighter. It's going to be hard to hold on to because your muscles are, are fatigued. They've given out, they're tired. And so I put a new stress on them. I've given it another, um, weight and the muscles are just like, Oh, I can't do this anymore. Um, or I also give the example of like, you're holding onto the monkey bars and you're holding and holding all this time. And then someone comes up and wraps their arms around your legs and give you a stress, give you an extra weight or an extra thing to have to hold up in the air. And then your hands might give out because they're like, Oh, I'm so tired. I can't. And then this new pressure, this new weight, this new stress is too much. And I let go. That's kind of what our pelvic floor does. Sometimes those pelvic muscles will be tense and just kind of guarded again, they might be compensating because there's a weakness somewhere else might be because there's pain might be because our body's holding trauma. Um, regardless of what it is when those muscles are tense all the time. And then we put a stress on them like a cough or a sneeze and they've been holding, 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 they hit a point of failure they give up and they let go. And so you cough and you put pressure down on the bladder and down on the pelvic floor muscles. And they're just like, that was too much. I can't hold up against that pressure. And they let go and we get a little leakage. And this is like maybe a couple drops, maybe enough to wet the outerwear or the underwear. Um, but this isn't just walking along the road. Nothing's going on. Just kind of on my stroll around the neighborhood. And I completely lose control of my bladder. That's a different issue. Um, but this case we're looking at just the fact that the muscles that are tight hit a point of failure. And then we have that leak. 
Um, that also, that tightness can start to cause things like urge. So we get a lot of really strong need to go to the bathroom. And then again, we're frequently going in because we sit down, we try to avoid some A little bit of urine comes out. And then we realize, okay, a little bit came out and I stand up and I walk away and ugh, I feel like I should go again, like immediately after. And a lot of times that also is coming from muscles that are too tight um, or too tense or too guarded that are causing that sensation of, I haven't fully emptied my bladder because now there's irritation in those muscles, irritation along the urethra. That's just like, Oh, we're not happy. We don't feel relieved. So that's another sign to me that a patient might have tightness. And that's something that we work on in pelvic PT or pelvic therapy. Um, so that's, you know, that's some of the stuff constipation. Again, we have to look at, is this an outlet issue? Is there tight muscles around the anus, so that external anal sphincter that keeps the stool in, um, are those too tight? And so when we sit down to have a bowel movement, we aren't able to let go or lengthen those muscles enough to let the stool out. Um, in which case we're kind of always keeping some in and then we end up constipated. And so amongst a bunch of other reasons, but that can be one of them is those tight muscles. And so that's, um, where we need to work on getting those muscles to lengthen and to let go. And that can be a couple different ones. It's not just our external anal sphincter. It could also be our puborectalis. Attaches at the pubic bone in the front, wraps around the back of the rectum, and comes back to the other side. So it's an important muscle to check on and make sure that we're not having any tension. Um, With intimacy, some of that tension can also be similar to putting the tampon in the feeling of needing to, um, like move around a wall or hitting a wall. I hear that sometimes my, you know, patients will say, my partner tells me it feels like they're hitting a wall when they're trying to enter again with whatever is trying to enter. And so that can start to tell me maybe those muscles are tense, like a V instead of relaxed, like a U. So just some different things that we find when we see a tight pelvic floor that again, our patients are like, I totally thought it was a weak problem. And instead it's a tight problem from the weak side. What we find here is patients with just difficulty coordinating the pelvic floor. So maybe they've tried to stop the flow of urine because they are happening. They're leaking, or they have seen somewhere that tells them to do a Kegel on the toilet. So stop the flow of urine on the toilet as an exercise. Side note, spoiler alert, bad. Don't do that, please. Um, It's not your fault. There's bad information all over the place. But if you've been told to do Kegels on the toilet, please stop. Your brain and your bladder will thank you. Um, But it is something occasionally I will have a patient try just to see what happens. And I give them lots of warning. This is not an exercise. This is a test. I want you to do this one time and not again until I ask you again. You know, I just want to know what happens if you do try to stop the flow of urine. And some are like, nothing, not a thing. Others, maybe I slow it down a little bit, but I can't completely stop it. And so that's where we start to figure out, you know, maybe we're having some difficulty coordinating, or maybe we have no idea what our pelvic floor muscles are. So the thought of even trying to engage them is like, I don't get it. What am I supposed to do? Other signs that we're probably headed towards the weak end of the pelvic floor spectrum here is if we're having a prolapse um, or we're having heaviness or pressure in the pelvic floor, feeling like something's falling out. A lot of times that can happen when muscles are weak and they're not strong enough, coordinating enough to engage and to provide the support they're supposed to. And so I tend to look more towards the possibility of weakness there. But I also keep in mind that with that symptom grouping, um, there might be some tightness too. 
So we're not going to rule anything out. We're always just going to go in with an open mind and assess and then address with weakness. You might also have leakage totally normal that again, if those muscles at the external anal sphincter to keep the stool in or the superficial pelvic floor, urethral compressor muscles aren't able to keep the urine in, um, you might leak and that can be also a weakness problem. So this is why it's super important if someone um, is having some of these symptoms, they come and see a pelvic therapist because we're able to help decide, is this a tight problem or is this a weak problem? Can you coordinate those exercises, those muscles, or are your, does your brain, did your brain like forget how to communicate? And we need to work on building that communication first before we work on strength. And so this is what we do is just assess that and figure out what end are you on personally? And then what is the best method to get you back to where you want to be? So it's not all just, you know, top 10 exercises for your pelvic floor. Cause those might be making your tightness more tight. Um, or if you're not coordinating, you're wasting your time because you think you're doing the right thing and all you're doing is squeezing your glutes. So super important to be, um, sure that you are on the right path with your care. So I always recommend, you know, finding a provider in your area and getting this looked at to see, do I have a tight pelvic floor or do I have a weak pelvic floor? Fortunately, we have some really cool providers here in Baltimore that have figured that out. And so we get referrals from them and they say no Kegels, which is awesome. And we're like, cool. They're not sending them home with a big page of exercises, but they recognize that, um, you know, doing just hundred Kegels a day is not going to make the problem better and that they need actual guided care. Then we get them in, in the clinic and we're able to work through, okay, what's an appropriate treatment plan? Where are we working? What are we doing? I will say for our tight patients, once we've gotten those muscles lengthened, and so they have full elasticity and flexibility, they can move through the range of motion that's supposed to be there for that muscle length. We then do work on coordinating and strengthening. So we're not going to just take something that's super tight and loosen it up and then let it sit like that. We want it to also know how to engage and fire at the right times to help prevent things like leakage or prolapse or heaviness or pain or discomfort. So when we work with tightness, it's relaxation, lengthening, coordinating, strengthening. So we go through a spectrum of exercises to get where we want to be. Uh, very similar to weakness. We're also going to work on coordinating, strengthening, working back to where we want those muscles to be. So in conclusion on this kind of episode concept of what do I have a tight pelvic floor versus a weak pelvic floor? We're going to look at how you're presenting what symptoms you have, we're going to kind of start to make a hypothesis in our brain of where we think you're going to be, but we don't know. And honestly, sometimes it's both. We have patients that might have, um, weakness in anterior pelvic floor, but tightness in posterior pelvic floor. One area is weak, one area is tight. And so we need to make sure that we are addressing the entire thing. So I, you know, always recommend if you're not sure what the exact state of your body is, see a provider who can give you a hands-on assessment and help really guide your treatment process because what you do for weak pelvic floor and what you do for tight pelvic floor are not the same, um, especially in the beginning. And that tight pelvic floor is going to thank you if we help like lengthen it first, loosen everything, get things um, moving and flowing like they should increase blood flow. Once we get those tight muscles to let go, um, and then really work on strengthening things back up. So the takeaway there, 
important to know what your pelvic floor is doing. We need to know if it's tight or if it's weak. We need to remember that Kegels are not for everyone. And just keep in mind, some of the things we see with a tight pelvic floor are things like painful pelvic exams, issues with menstrual management products, constipation, um, incomplete voiding, feeling like they're not fully emptying their bladder, going to the bathroom a lot. When we're on the weaker side, uh, maybe we feel like I don't know how to engage those muscles. I might have some prolapse or heaviness or falling out feelings. um, And also some more incontinence definitely can leak when you're weak when you're weak. So those are things to keep in mind. Get your pelvic floor assessed. Let us help you kind of guide where we're addressing it. And then join us for our next episode where we're going to talk about what is the deal with Kegel exercises. So until next episode, cheers. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute providing medical advice or professional services. Please reach out to your primary care provider if you need any assistance.